Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. Man, listen, grab your Bibles real quickly. Go to Daniel's chapter 3. Daniel's chapter 3. I want to preach. Listen, I don't even want to preach. Can I just talk to y'all today? Can we just have a conversation today? You know, conversation is two-way street, so it's okay to say amen. It's okay. You preaching. You can do all that type of good stuff. We're going to have a conversation today. Is that all right today? Go to Daniel's chapter 3. I'm not going to even read the text. Just get it, and as you're getting it, go to your seats and just repeat after me. Father God, I'm here today seeking a word from you. So open my ears that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renewing me a right mind that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. You know what? There's a passage of the scripture. You can't be seated. But there is a passage of the scripture I want to read in Daniel chapter 3. I like to get to the end of the story. Y'all, I'm one of those people that I watch a movie and my wife hates the fact that I watch the movie with her. Because if she's already watched the movie, no matter what the movie is, I'm the person that asks, how does it end? That's all I want to know. I don't deal well with the roller coasters, the ups and downs, the ends. I just need to know how does it end. And it, it just irks her blood because I will continue to ask her over and over. I need to know how does it end. I can't move forward if I don't know how it ends. I would turn it off if I know you're sitting here right with me and you know the ending and you will not tell me the ending. I need to know how this story ends. And so I just want to jump to the ending of this particular passage of Scripture in verse 24. I love this happened because the Bible says that then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished. And he stood up in haste and he said to his high officials, was it not three men cast bound into the midst of the fiery? They replied to the king, certainly, O king. Verse 25, I love this part. He said, look, I see, a four, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. I just needed to know the ending. That's all I needed today. Can I, can I share with you? I want to talk to you today from a subject matter of dealing with fire. That's what I want to talk to you about, dealing with fire. Man, God is so intentional. Perfect song. Perfect. I didn't even tell him what songs to sing, and he came with the right songs that just flow because God is intentional, and all things work together for my good. I love what he's talking about in this song because I think about this particular text, and I don't even have to read the text because I love the text. This was actually the first sermon I ever preached when I became the ministry, not this exact sermon, but this particular text. And this text is about a group of individuals, Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they had the responsibility of honoring God, but yet still uh, being faithful to that which they were in bondage in, King Nebuchadnezzar at the time of the, what was going on. King Nebuchadnezzar got beside himself. King Nebuchadnezzar decided he wanted to build this great, big, golden image. And he said, you know what? Everybody at the sound of these horns, these bells, these strings, everybody, no matter who you worship, you ain't going to worship nobody except my statue. You're going to fall down and worship my statue. And just like every good believer, we got haters. And, and, and there was these individuals that were hating on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Hebrew boys. They were called Chaldeans. That, that was a, the group of people. They were some chosen people, and they felt like they should have the positions that the Hebrew boys had. And they didn't like the fact that the Hebrews had positions, and they were, they were servants. They weren't supposed to have those positions, but the Hebrew boys were not just Hebrew boys. They were connected to Daniel, so they had favor. And Daniel was interpreting dreams. That's the whole thing. You got to read this thing. This is some good stuff. And so they were put in an elevated position, and, and, and these Chaldeans, 
didn't like it. And so what the Chaldeans noticed that every time something would go on, these Hebrew boys were still praying. And they knew that the only way to get them out of the position that they were in was to set them up for failure. And so they did their best to set them up for failure. But can I tell you something? Every time the enemy tries to set you up, all it's doing is a set up literally for you to succeed. You can't fail as long as you're following God. And this is what happens. They pray. The horns are going off. And the Chaldeans, they being nosy. They peekabooing through their window. And they see them praying. Mine and somebody else. Oh, y'all got somebody that's always in your business. Always in your business. You just trying to do what God has called you to do. And you got these nosy folks that can't stop talking about you. But it's going to be okay because I've already told you the ending. You ought to know the ending. Everything is going to be all right. I'm going to help you get through this thing. I'm going to help you get to the ending. And so when I look at it and I see the text, they go tell. Hey, king, didn't you make this decree? Didn't you make this decree that if anybody did anything other than what you told them to do, that you were going to throw them in the fire furnace? See, y'all don't know how haters really work. Haters can't hurt you, and so they find people weaker than them to prey on you. I'm not even preaching that part of the text. I just want to make sure y'all understand that your haters can't do anything to you because of the anointing, the covering that God has on you. And so they play tricks on the, on the people that are weaker than you that they think have power over you to try to manipulate you. And so this is what they do. Nebuchadnezzar calls them. He didn't even know it was these three boys. He calls them. This is what the story tells us. This is what the text teaches us. He calls them and he sees them and instantly he's like, no, not them. These Daniel friends. I can't mess with the dream interpreter. You mess with them. I got to mess with Daniel. This, this is problematic for my life. He instantly regrets what he's done. But the problem is Nebuchadnezzar was not a moral man. He was not a man that followed the rule of God. He, he, he didn't understand who God was because if he did, he would understand that sometimes you just got to do the right things even though it doesn't feel like the right thing. And so because he was worried about what people were going to say, he gave them a chance. He says, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Y'all just make me look good. Y'all make me look good. I, I know this ain't what, what you want to do, but can you compromise your faith and do me a favor? Just, just, just work with me for a moment and make me feel good about the situation. Can you compromise what you believe in? Listen, I'm going to play these horns one more time. And just for the people in the room, everybody don't have to know, but just for the people in the room, can you bow down and worship my God? See, so how many people in your life have asked you, can you compromise what you believe in just to make me feel good? Just to make me feel like I got power? Just to, just to make me look okay? How many people have asked you to sacrifice your faith? I love what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love this text. I tell y'all, man, I've been studying this text for years. They tell him, listen, King, as much as I appreciate you and I honor your position of power, it don't matter what you do. I will not bow down to that statue. <laughs> and he says, you know, I've got to put you in the fire furnace. He said, it doesn't matter because the same God that is with me now will either keep me. But th this is the part I love. And this is where many of us believers, we, can't, we don't have this type of faith because they say the same God that, put, that, 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 that is with me now, if you put me in this fire furnace, will keep me. But even if he don't. Can you have that even if he don't faith? Even if he don't pay my light bill. Even if he don't give me the man or, or woman that I want. Even if he don't give me the job. That, even if he don't, I will still worship him. This is what we're dealing with today. This is what we're dealing with today. The Bible says that they get thrown in a fiery furnace. Not only do they get thrown in a fiery furnace, the fire is lit seven times hotter than it's ever been lit before. 
seven times hotter than it's ever been lit before. Let me tell you how hot this was. The Bible tells us if you read this particular text in Daniel chapter 3, it was so hot that what ends up happening, the men that were called to escort them into the fire, the men that were called to escort them into the fire died before they even got to the fire. If I was King Nebuchadnezzar, I would have knew something right then. We just lit this thing up. It's lit. Seven times hotter than it's ever been lit before. People that I've charged to escort them in, they couldn't even get halfway there without dying. I better leave these boys alone. But no, a fool got to see his foolishness through. But you know the thing that I love? Because when I think about this text, and I ain't even preaching my message yet. I'm just talking to y'all. What I love about this text, because if the men, come here, Bobby, come here, Bobby. Help me out, help me out, Bobby. Y'all, just bear with me. The men, come on, come on over here, Bobby. He sat right at me shaking a bit ago. And he was being escorted in by me. I'm dead. I'm dead. This is the problem. The fiery furnace is here. My question that I began to ponder if the people who were designed to lead them into the fire could not handle the fire and they died and the furnace is here, how did they, y'all don't understand, how did they get here? How, how did essentially they get from where they were when they left them, when they, when they had to let them go? The chains and everything were burnt. Everything was gone. How did they, you know what they did, Bobby? They walked right on in. They walked right on in. And you know the beautiful thing? This is, oh, y'all don't miss this, man. They walked right in. Bobby, catch what they did. Catch what they did. They turned around and guess what they did after that? They reached and closed the door. <laughs> Go sit down, Bobby. I'm going to preach this for a second. Y'all missed it. God will lead you to something that other people in your life can't handle. He will lead you to something that other, you wonder why people are falling off. You wonder why people can't make it through your testimony with you. Why they can't go through the struggle with you. They were, they were not built for the fire. They were not, that man that left you so well, he wasn't built for this. That friend that left, they wasn't built for this. That family wasn't built for this. But you got to be bold enough to walk right into this. You got to be bold enough to say, even if I'm by myself, I'm still going to go in. And then you got to have that ignorant type of faith that not only am I going to get in, but I'm going to close the door behind me. I ain't going to let myself out. I'm going to close the door behind me. How do you know they closed the door behind you, Pastor? Well, if you read the end of the text, King Nebuchadnezzar came and looked through the window. How did he look through a window? The door had to be closed. The door had to be closed. End of the story tells us Nebuchadnezzar looks through and he sees four men in the fire. Oh, what's, something's wrong. Did we throw somebody in the other day? What happened? Did we not just throw three people in there? Daniel wasn't with them, was he? No. No, it was three, King. Well, why is it four of them in there right now? Somebody come count this. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Why is it four of them? And the, and the fourth one, he don't look like the regular ones. He looks like the son of God. And they just walking around. They just walking around in fire. They're they not scratching. They're not itching. They're not jumping. They're not screaming. They're just walking around. Today we're talking about dealing with fire. I don't know who this is for, but I got this in my spirit this morning. I just wanted to share. I don't know what type of fire you're dealing with, but I'm going to help you understand that you have to fight through. 
you have to fight through. You have to be willing to push through so that you can get to what God has called you to because what you don't know what ends up happening. They get let out of the fire. So the story later on tells us they get let out of the fire and guess what happens? The people who snitched on them, they went in the fire. <laughs> and the position of elevation for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was better than what they already had. I want to make sure that you understand something because God is very intentional. Pastor, what do you mean they're intentional? Because this is, if you got to, in order to start understand the intentionality of God, you have to see the value of what God does. In, 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 uh, in, in, in Daniel chapter one, the Hebrews, the Hebrew people are put in bondage to King Nebuchadnezzar right. because they have been so wishy-washy with their faith with God. And so God releases his hands off of them, essentially, and says, you know what? Since y'all ain't got this thing right, I'm going to put y'all in bondage for a little bit. Let's see if y'all get this thing together. I'm going to see if y'all get your mind right. So he puts them in bondage. And and then what you notice in in Daniel chapter 2, their faith is tried because Daniel now has to come up with this thing that we call the Daniel fast, where King Nebuchadnezzar wants them to eat a certain type of food. And Daniel's like, I'm not eating this. I'm going to hold fast to what God told me to eat. And the Bible shows that Daniel and the Hebrew boys were stronger. uh, And and this is still in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel and the Hebrew boys were stronger than everybody else who ate the other stuff. And so because of their faithfulness to God in the midst of their turmoil and their trials, they were elevated to another position. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel interprets a dream of the king. Daniel interprets the dream of the king that then as a result of it, the king elevates him to a position. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are put in a position because they are friends with believers. They stay with believers and they put in position and then they get hated on in chapter three and in chapter three they are put in the fire. How as a believer do I deal with the fire? How do I deal with the fire that I'm going through? Now I want to be a good traditional pastor and tell you faith is what allows you to deal with the fire. I want to tell you that. that. That's the truth. I'm not erasing that. My theology is correct. Faith allows you to deal with the fire. And I, and I know faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But can I suggest maybe a new thought? Maybe you hadn't thought about this. Maybe nobody has expressed this to you. But your faith is still built on facts. I need you to understand that today. Your faith is built on facts. We have faith in Jesus Christ, but there are also factual evidence that Jesus Christ actually walked this earth. There is factual evidence. So although we have faith that Jesus is the son of God, we know that our faith is built on the facts because Jesus Christ actually walked the face of this earth. We know that the disciples actually were here. We understand that. And so there's facts that help us found. There's facts that help us fund our faith. That's what it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had facts that helped them fund their faith. And so what I want you to do today is I want to help you as you're getting ready to go through your fire, maybe you're in the midst of your fire, I want to give you some facts about what the fires that you're dealing with. I know you got faith. You're in the building. You believe God can do some things. You've seen God make ways out of nowhere. But maybe you're missing some of the facts, the evidence that you need to hold fast to your faith. Because sometimes we waver in our faith because we forget the facts. We forget how God has brought us over. We forget how God has made a way. We forget how God has opened doors. We forget the opportunities that God has expressed us to. And I believe that the reason that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to make it through the fire because they understood exactly the facts of what they were dealing with. See, some of us, the reason why we give up is because we are afraid that what we don't know will overcome us. But what I see in the text is three confident young men that no matter what they were going through, they held fast to what they did know. And so one of the things I've, I've learned 
about firefighters is firefighters, they, they, they train for different types of fires. They train for when fires are, are, when they're under a fire. They train when they're around a fire. They train when they're in the midst of the fire. And so I want to suggest today that today I need y'all to be some spirit-filled firefighters. That I want to suggest today that there are going to be some fires that are under you, that are, that are over you. There's going to be some fires that are around you, and there are going to be some fires that you just got to get right dead in the midst of. And I need to make sure that you understand how to deal with those fires. Because I believe if you can identify those fires, then you can have the faith to overcome those fires. That's what I believe. See, the, fire, the very first fire that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego encountered was not the fire of the furnace. It was not the fire that they had they first encountered. In this particular text, there were other fires that they had to encounter. The first fire that I want to help you understand and deal with today is dealing with the fire that you're under, under fire. We are under fire. Pastor, what do you mean that I'm under fire? Under fire is that fire that says, you know what, I'm in a position where I can't get out of and there is somebody that's over me that maybe just isn't doing the will of God the way that they're supposed to do and they are making my life a living hell. I am currently under fire. How do I deal with it when I'm under fire? When I feel like everything above me is about to collapse on top of me? When I feel like the weight is just a little bit too heavy for me? What am I supposed to deal with? I want to suggest that that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were under fire. Where did they first encounter being under fire? The text shows us in the earlier part of the scripture that King Nebuchadnezzar created a golden image and he made a decree that everybody who is under me will bow and worship. Everybody who was under me will bow and worship. At this point, when this decree was made, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves under fire. Their faith was under fire. Their, their faithfulness was under fire. Their whole belief system was under fire. So how do I conduct myself? How do I understand that I got to overcome this? How do I deal with life when I'm under fire? And this is what I've become to understand. When you're dealing with un being under fire, you have to understand that position does not give you power. Y'all don't get it. Just because something is above you don't mean it's over you. I need you to, I really need you to understand just because something is above you does not mean that it's over you. See, what Nebuchadnezzar forgot, and maybe he never understood because he was not a, a, a follower of the believer that we know has to be the God of the true text, what we come to understand, in, in Daniel chapter 1, God gave the Hebrews to Nebuchadnezzar. God gave the Hebrews to Nebuchadnezzar. He turned them over into his hand. Nebuchadnezzar didn't take nothing. He didn't do nothing. God gave them over to them because of his disobedience. So just because God has put you in a position to, to have rule over me don't mean you rule me. Can I help you understand the boss that thinks he has rule over you? He don't rule you. God rules you. This is why the text teaches us all things that we do. We should do it as if we're doing it unto the Lord because God is always over us. We got to understand that in your marriage, I know it might seem like your husband or your wife is the boss of the house, but God is the boss of your house. You need to understand that. You need to put God first in your house because you ought to understand that even when your husband or wife is getting on your nerves, so what? You loving them because you love God. That's what you're doing because God has rule over you. When I begin to understand who is really over me, it allowed me to deal with different situations differently. I used to get so upset with my boss, and, and when he called and he, he would ask me a thousand questions and, and, and micromanage, it used to just make my blood crawl. And, and, and I finally got, you know what? This is a job that God gave me. Yes, sir, what do you need? Okay, what questions do you have? Such and such, and what's next? 
That's how I treat him now. I'm just smiling. I'm just happy about it. And the crazy part is in me doing so, he stopped asking so many questions. <laughs> he stopped asking. He don't, I, don't, he don't, I don't like the way you're talking to me, Chris. Watch, David, what's going on? What can we do for you today? David, how can I help you? I learned to love past him, not love him. <laughs> I had to love past him. This is what I want to suggest today. You can't be so under fire that you get so afraid that you forget that God is calling you to do something better. He is above you. That's for you got to understand when it seems as if you're under fire, when it seems like somebody has dominion and control over you, you have to remind yourself, you know what? This is a situation God has led me through, led me to so he can bring me out of it. I'm going to live past him. I'm going to love past them. I'm going to do what God, I'm going to honor God past the situation that I'm going through. And so I believe in the earlier part of text, these, these young men taught us how to deal with life when you're under fire. Just because there was a decree made doesn't mean you stop doing what God has called you to do. Just because there's a decree made doesn't mean that you stop living the life that God has called. Just because social media says this is how you have to do it don't mean that you stop doing what God has called you to do. God's word is still true today. So the Hebrew boys, they hold fast to God's word. And the crazy part is once you get from under a fire, oftentimes it just puts you around fire. It just puts you around fire. See, this is the problem with us. Many of us think just because we get delivered from one fire that we shouldn't have to go through another fire. Beautiful thing is about fire that I've noticed is that fire is contagious. It, take, it touches one area, but then it spreads to another area. And so what I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood that just because a decree made doesn't mean that I have to stop doing what God has called me to do. But they knew that now I'm going to be surrounded by fire. Pastor, what do you mean they're going to be surrounded by fire? When you look in the text as you read Daniel chapter 3 in your own time, you're going to get to a point in the text in probably verse 8 where it tells us, for this reason at a time, a certain time, the Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are around fire. Fire is being thrown at them. People pointing, look, 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 look what they did. This is what they did. This is what they did. You're going to have a time in your life where it's not the people who are over you that are after you, but it's the people who are around you that are after you. You have to understand. The people who you, who you're like, man, we in this together. You are serving just like I'm a servant. Why are you coming after me? Why do you want to see me look bad? Why do you want to bring me? What have I ever done to you? I, I never said anything about you. Why are you coming after me? Why you want my marriage to fail? Why you want my children to fail? Why you got to put your mouth on me? I ain't done nothing to you. They found themselves around fire. Sit at the same lunch table. Lived in the same quarters. I'm surrounded by fire. I ain't got no more money than you got. But you want to put your mouth on me? You want to bring me down? How do you deal with life when you're around fire? When people are surrounding you and all they're doing is pointing and bringing you down, how do you deal with it? I love because what I understood, what I understood is that God shows me how to deal with those type of people. And what he showed me is when I'm around fire, I have to understand that those people are my haters. And I have to celebrate my haters, but I have to also understand my haters. And one of the things I come to understand about my haters are haters are hopeless people. That's what, that's what I did. I understood that haters are hopeless people. The reason why you're hating on me, because you don't have hope in your own life. The reason why you're talking about me, because you're so miserable with your own life. Listen, listen, listen. it changes my whole way. Because back in the day, yo boy, I'm going to fight a hater. It's going to go down. Man, 
Say something about me again. Say something about my mom if you want to. I'm going to fight a hater. But now when I look at a hater, man, I feel bad for you. Is your life that miserable that you got you to gotta follow problems in my life? You got to talk about my friends? You got to talk about my family? It allowed me to see them for who they are. They are hopeless people. How do you know, Pastor, that the Chaldeans were hopeless people? Because they were in bondage to King Nebuchadnezzar too. They were jealous because they were not elevated to positions of authority. They were not free. They were slaves just like the Hebrew boys. They were a group of people who were overcome as well. And they were jealous. Can I help you understand that the best way to deal with the people who are against you is just to smile and pray for them? I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Baby, it is okay. Listen, I, I, I just want you to feel better next time. What can I do to help you? What can I do to make your life better? And, and, and the fact of the matter is that most of your haters have never had anybody try to help them. And so all a hater knows how to do that never experienced help is hurt somebody else. That's it. That's it. This is why God has called you to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. See, some of us don't understand that the reason why we're called to be in the midst of fires is because we can put them things out. That we can put them, we can put those things out. God wants to put us in the midst of a situation so that people can truly see who we are and what we're going through. This is all a setup for success. This is all a setup for success. I stopped worrying about people talking about Believer City. Oh, you know, he had to move from Dallas to Red Oak. So what? Red Oak is doing better than Dallas has ever done. Thank you. Thank you. I ain't got to be up here trying to compete with y'all having church. I can just have church. I don't have to worry about somebody wondering who, who church is this, who you got. I don't got to worry about that. I, I'm just, I'm here loving on people. That's, that's what God has called me to do. So I've gotten to the point where I, I celebrate my haters now. Man, it's good to have childings in my life. It's good to have people that are sticking, sticking their nose in my business, looking in my window. You know why it's good to have people that's looking in your window? Because at least you know you're doing what God has called you to do. When nobody is watching you is when you should be concerned. But as long as people are watching you, you still are bearing witness that God is still God. It is a great thing to have somebody worried about your marriage. It is a great thing to have somebody worried about your parent. It is a great thing because you know that you're doing what God is asking you to do. Do not waste time fighting your haters. I never seen in the text where the Hebrew boys came out to the Chinese and said, get out of my window. You better get out right. There ain't none of that happened. <laughs> none of that happened. They didn't put up no curtains to try to hide what they were doing. They stayed steadfast in their faith and they let haters be haters. Everybody has a job. Let them hate. So the Chinese showed me, I mean the Hebrew boys showed me how to deal with life when I'm under fire. When I'm dealing with under fire, I have to remind myself just because a person is over me, just because a position, they have a position of authority over me doesn't mean that they are actually over me. They don't have rule in my life. Just Then he taught me how to deal with when I'm surrounded, when I'm around fire. How do I handle people? You know what? I just ignore them. I love them. I pray for them. I just smile. I know you're talking about me behind my back and then want to go have coffee with me. I know it. I know you don't want to see me succeed. I know exactly what you told the boss about me, but it's okay. It's so good to see you. I'm so happy for you. You know, I'm not being two-faced. I'm identifying that, baby, you are hopeless. And the best thing I can do is provide some hope in your life. If the hope is making you feel like you're getting away with whatever you're doing, so what, baby? It is okay. But what I get really excited about is when they teach me how to deal with it when I'm in fire. 
Because more than anything, oftentimes I can make it from being under fire. I can make it from being surrounded by fire. But life gets hard when I'm in the midst of fire. Because when I'm in the midst of fire, that's when things hurt. And this is what I love about being in fire. Because what I'm reminded, because of what the text teaches us, that when three put in, there were four there, what I'm reminded of is what I'm in, I'm not in it alone. I, 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 find, I find joy and stand in understanding what I'm in, I'm not in it alone. That God is in this with me. I, 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 I see in the fiery furnace a community. I see hope. I see life. I see deliverance. I see overcoming. I see all of these characteristics in the fiery furnace. And, and I'm celebrating it because it reminds me when I'm in the midst of the fire, when I feel like life is too tough and I feel like I got to give up, when I feel like this thing is about to take me out, I have to push through. You know the thing that I learned about fire? Fire has two capabilities. Fire has the ability to destroy, but it also has the ability to build. Fire, uncontrolled, can destroy anything. When fire is not properly managed and maintained, it can destroy anything. But I was raised in a barbecue family. And in order for us to barbecue, see, I knew people, y'all use those gas grills and that fake stuff. We, we make fire. Yeah. And we'll take the pecan wood or the oak, and, and, and we, don't, we don't get to regulate temperatures by, by stove-type ovens. We got to play with that thing. We got to open the furnace and close it and get that temperature just right. And for a good steak, you get that temperature just right, and you, and you yeah, don't, don't laugh at me. You know what I'm talking about. You, don't, and you get that good steak on that grill. And all you got to do is you have to manage it. I didn't understand when I was a kid. My dad and them, they would have a fire going and they would have a cup of water yeah. by the fire with them. They'd have a cup of water by the fire with them. And every once in a while that fire would get too strong and they'd hit it. <laughs> they would hit it. They, 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 just, they just extinguished the fire just a little bit. You see all the steam and everything. I'm like, why are they playing? You want the fire to cook and not do it? And, and they'd let it go and the fire would build back up. They'd flip the meat and the grease from the meat would flow off. And, and then they would... They put it out just a little bit. They controlled the fire. I'm grateful that I serve a God that he don't have to remove me from the fire. He can control the fire. Y'all don't understand. He didn't have to turn the fire off. He just got in and let me control. Let me, let me do some temperature control on these things. Yes, things are going to go on around you. Yes, things seem like they're going to destroy you. But this is why my word says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It did not say that it will not form. It just simply said that it will not prosper. He will control the fire. This is why many of us keep failing because we started trying to fight the fire. This can't be of God. God don't want me in this. We want to get out of it. We're running from what God has said. I need you to get in it because I'm trying to change the life of some people who are watching you. I want people to see that, yes, your marriage seemed like it was over. I need you to stay in this thing because when I fix it, it's going to be some people that see hope through what you've been through. I know you want to quit this job and walk away, but I need you to stay in it because when I deliver you, it's going to be some people celebrate you. I need you to get in the fire. I need you to get in the fire. Because if you get in the fire, I'm going to get in the fire with you. And I, it's, we gonna, it's going to look like something that's burning, but we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party up in this place, and everything is going to be okay. Many of us, the reason why we're not being successful is because when the ropes have burnt the people who have led us to the fire, 
when God has called us to walk in. Like, well, God, I'm free now. I don't, I don't have to go. And what happens is your testimony stops because your test did not continue. Your testimony stops because your test did not continue. God is saying, I need you to go in and, and understand when you go in, I'm going in with you. I'm going in with you. And I'm going to do something unique. I'm going to do something unique. I'm going to bring you out better. See, this, this is a steak. Imagine just you this, this good tomahawk steak on the, on the grill. It goes on raw. But under the right control, no matter if you want it medium, medium rare, whatever you want under the right control, it's just right when it comes off the grill. Can I help you understand something? You went into the fire raw. But when you come out, you're going to be just right for what God has called you to. You're going to be just right. You're going to think that I was built for this. I'm designed for this. Whoa, look at what I overcame. Look how God made a way. Your testimony is built of you being willing to go through the test. How do you deal with fire? You got to face fire with fire. Ooh, y'all missed it because we have the fire of God. We have the fire of the Holy Spirit to rock and roll with us. See, this is the problem. We get so afraid of what the enemy shows, but can I help you understand that anything the enemy shows is nothing but a delusion. It's an illusion of what God really can do. It turned the fire up seven times higher. So what? Did you forget that my God made fire? Oh, you're going to kick me off my job. So what? Did you forget that God brought me to this job? <laughs> Oh, you don't think you want to be with me? So what? Did you not understand that God had me right before I got you? And I'm going to be right without. Can I help you understand? As long as you're facing life with God, you're going to be okay. This is how you deal with fire. You face life with God. In the midst of everything that they, they could have gave up on God. When God allowed the Hebrews to fall into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, but they still stayed faithful. They faced life with God. They could have gave on, on God when, when Nebuchadnezzar built the golden image. And they could have said, you know what, man, it's just, let's just do the right thing. But they faced life with God. They could have faced life with God when they found out the Chaldeans were hating on them, but they didn't. They said, you know what, in the midst of what we're going through, I'm still going to stay faithful, and I'm going to face life with God. They could have faced life. They could have gave up on God when, when they said, oh, fine, we're going to turn up seven times and I'll throw them in there. They could have gave up on God then and said, no, no, no you know what, I changed my mind. But they said, you know what, I'm still going to face life with God. Amen. And this is a beautiful thing. When you face life with God, God will face life with you. Amen. This is one thing that you really have to hold on to. When you're willing to fight life, face life with God, God will fight and face life with you. The reason why God showed up in the fiery furnace is because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed up for God outside of the fiery furnace. You want God to show up in your marriage? Why don't you show up for God in your marriage? You want God to show up on your job? Why don't you show up for God on your job? You want God to show up in the church? Why don't you show up for God in the church? I'm just trying to help you understand. If you're willing to show up for God, God will show up for you. And this is the beautiful thing I love because I told you I love the endings of stories. I love the ending of the story. No matter what fire they were beginning to face, under, around, or in, by the end of the story, God delivered them out of it. Y'all, y'all ain't no celebrating church. No matter what fire they were beginning to face, being under pressure, being surrounded by pressure, being in the midst of pressure, God faced it with them, catch this, 
and God delivered them out of pressure. No matter what you're going through in your marriage, being under, in it, around it, God will deliver you from those problems outside of it. No matter what you're dealing with on your job, God can deliver you and bring you on the outside of it. Can I help you understand what ends up happening with them? Again, this is what happens. The child things are thrown in. They die. The fire is turned down, and then they are elevated to positions of authority. Guess what? This is what is amazing. The same image that he wasted all the time building, he destroys. And guess what he tells them? From this day forth, you will serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and the Ben. Y'all don't want to celebrate with me, man. This has always been a setup from the beginning. He's intentional, never failing. This is what I want to help you understand. It was always a setup from the beginning. I'm sorry that you got to go through it, but guess what? I'm not sorry because God wants to do something greater with you. I am celebrating the fact that people talk about believer city this, believer city that, but guess how many people call Pastor Chris to help their churches and do everything? Keep talking about me because what's small now will be big later. I'm so I am so happy for the time, the little beginnings. I'm excited about it because this is what I'm celebrating. You can say what you want to say about who I am. You can say what you want to say about my marriage. You can say whatever you want to say about whatever. Man, I, I was sitting back, me and my wife laughed because in the earlier parts of our marriage, I only was fighting and fussing. We wasn't in ministry then, fighting and fussing. I'm like, man, baby, we've spent some years. When the last time we had a good fight? <laughs> I mean, when, you, when it get that good, you got to be like, man, we ain't help. Man, let me, I'm going to pick a fight this evening. You're going to be ready 12 o'clock. We're going to make this thing happen. We hadn't had one. I'm, I'm just going to leave all my clothes all on the floor, and I ain't going to care. At 12, we got to have one. Let's keep this thing fresh. There were times when people said it was going to be over. But yet and still, God has seen us through. Can I help you understand it's beautiful to be in the fire with God? You know, one of the things I love about our, we have Marriage Matters for those married couples. Uh, we're going to have it, I believe, this Friday. We have Marriage Matters, and it's not a time of counseling where we get in your business. It's a chance of t- transparency where me and my wife, we get to tell y'all about our issues, things that we're going through. And you know the beautiful thing about it is because we get to express to y'all what we're going through. And guess what people do? They, you too? Yeah. Your husband yeah. leave his shoes all over the place? Yeah. Such a, you realize that you're not going through this thing alone. You're not by yourself. The biggest trick of the enemy is to make you think you're by yourself. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself in what you're going through. God has a plan for you. It's not over. But what you have to understand is that you can't try to back out of what God is calling you to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get led to the fire. The people die, and they walk into it boldly. The reason they walk into it boldly is because they're walking into it with God. This is my question. This is my prayer. That as we leave here, as we close today, that you walk into whatever your fire is boldly. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're worried about, whatever you think it's over, I need you to walk into it boldly. And understanding that the only thing that has power over you is God. To understand that nothing else, nobody else's opinion matters about you except God. And understanding that if you're in the midst of something, God is in the midst of it with you. The biggest trick is for the enemy to make you think you're by yourself, like you're lonely. No, you're not. You have God. So we ask ourselves, how do we deal with fires? How do we deal with life? The answer is not on Facebook. The answer is not on TikTok, Instagram, none of it. 
the answer is in the word of God. You have to be able to hold fast to what God has said. And if you can hold on to God, God will hold on to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. Come on, let me pray for you. I want to pray for you in this room, and I want to pray for you online. Number one, if there's someone here that has not accepted Jesus Christ as the pardon to their sin, I want you to understand that Jesus Christ himself was put in a position where he was under fire, surrounded by fire, and he actually was in the midst of fire, only to be redeemed and resurrected so that we can have everlasting life. If you're going through something and you are going through it with alone because you don't have Christ, today is the day that that can change. And all you have to do is what the Word of God says. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He was born of a virgin, that He, he lived a blameless life, that He died, but yet and still was resurrected as the ultimate sacrifice for an atonement of your sin. If you can believe that, then all I'm asking right, right where you are, whether you're sitting, whether you're online, just simply say, I believe you believe that, then you are saved. Uh, you don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to be laid out on the altar. You just have to believe. The belief is a matter of the heart. And once you believe in the heart, the reason why we ask you to say, I believe, is because you're confessing it with your mouth. When your heart drives your mouth to do, and you have just made the ultimate sign that says that you are with Team Jesus. Secondly, I want to pray for those that are here that are going through life, you're going through struggles, you've already believed, and you are either under fire, surrounded by fire, in the midst of fire, and you don't know what to do, and I'm hoping that this message has resurrected with you. Then all you have to do is face the fire with God, and God will face the fire with you. So whatever you're going through in your marriage, whatever you're going through in your jobs, I just lift you up in prayer. God, I pray for every believer that is here, that is watching online, that is looking for a church home, looking for a place that is filled with the true fire that can eliminate, alleviate all the other fires within their lives, that can shine your light within their lives. And so, God, right now I pray. I pray for your people, the things that I've laid out on this altar on today. I pray that people experience you for who you really are. God, I pray that you get the glory out of our lives, that, that thousands that are people are brought to the kingdom, not to the church, but to the kingdom because of the fires that we go through. I pray that these people identify their fires. That they understand that position does not grant power. Father God, that they understand that haters are hopeless people. And they understand that whatever God has brought you to, he will bring you through. And God, we will give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Listen. What an amazing word from God. Listen, we thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message. And it's because of that that we want to extend two invitations to you. Our first invitation is if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for you to actually stop in and worship with us at Believer City Church. We would greatly appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. The second thing that we would invite you to do is if you want to partner with us in ministry, 
this message has been able to impact your life in any way, form, or fashion, you're able to partner with us simply by going to our website at believercity.org and clicking on the Give tab and just donating whatever God allows your heart to do so. Uh, You can also download our app by going to Google Play or the app store and download Believer City Church. And there's ways that you can connect with us there, pray with us, give, and so many things that you can do to stay connected to the Believer City community. We thank you again for listening to this message, and we look forward to worshiping with you in the future. God bless you.